everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Impactful Authenticity Podcast. My name is Lucy, and I'm excited to share with you today another book episode. It's been so lovely to hear from you about the books that you've gone out and bought based on the recommendations that you've heard. And I really hope that today's episode inspires you some more. As you'll be getting used to, how this show works is that you'll hear four different books from our last four guests on the podcast. Matt Webster, Laura Bazzara, Carl Emerson, and Arda Moran. And if you want to just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show rather than writing things down, you can visit the website impactfulauthenticity.me and visit the podcast page to see all the titles and all the authors. So let's kick things off by speaking to Lara. The the book that is the most impactful book that I read in my whole life and that I have with me and I come back, come back, come back is the Tao Te Ching. The Tao Te Ching is uh, is uh, eighty one chapters by Lao, Lao Tse Tung, and there, it was the most translated book in the story of humanity. Only in English there are more than thousand translations. So wow. the translation that I am. Uh, reading that I loved is the Tao Te Ching from Stephen Mitchell. And I wanted to read for you a passage about that I think that has lots to do about authenticity and uh, even in leadership is the chapter 30 of the Tao Te Ching. Whoever relies on the Tao in governing men doesn't try to force issues or defeat enemies by force of arms. For every force, there is a counterforce. Violence, even well-intentioned, always rebounds upon oneself. The master does his job and then stops. He understands that the universe is forever out of control and that trying to dominate events goes against the current of the Tao. Because he believes in himself, He doesn't try to convince others because he is content with himself. He doesn't need others' approval because he accepts himself. The whole world accepts him. Ah, beautiful. So for me, this is authenticity and it's most beautiful that talks about peace, non-violence, being yourself, accepting yourself. And this is being authentic as a leader. This is, this is, and this book, the 81 chapters have different things for you to learn. And this is with me the whole time. How special to have a reading for us as part of the book review. Thank you so much, Lara. And as a reminder, the book is the Dao Di Jing and the translation that she spoke about was the one by Stephen Mitchell. Next, I'm going to share the chat that I had with Matt. Enjoy. The book I've chosen is a book called Imperial Life in the Emerald City um, by a journalist who had a lot of experience of the American green zone in in Iraq, which was the area that the Americans and the the British and other parts of the coalition set up in Baghdad um, to manage the, the occupation. And it's a fantastic examination of everything that went wrong with that it's full of kind of really 
occasionally quite gruesome, but often kind of sometimes even uplifting stories about uh, individuals and things that uh, that happen. So it's a very sort of um, engrossing and snappy read, even though it's it's on sometimes quite difficult subject matter. Uh-huh. And I've I've chosen it for two reasons. Uh, firstly, I thought it was uh, an excellent book, but also it had quite a a direct Im- impact on my life and uh, career as well, in some senses. So I was when I was being interviewed for a job in in number ten. The last question that somebody asked me was a question that uh, a very senior minister had, ha- had asked uh, them when they were being brought into the to the job as uh, my future boss. And the last question they were asked was, "What what book would you recommend to anybody wanting to be a civil servant?" Uh, so I was asked this and immediately went into a bit of a panic and started my eyes started like flashing across my shelves and seeing my my, my graphic novel collection and my uh uh book with, like Szechuan Chinese recipes and like these aren't gonna work <laughs> so and and then I sort of had a bit of a brainwave which which I, I sort of stick stick by and gave the answer for this book and um I think that's because although it's um it's obviously about a very particular issue at a very particular time. It's actually a really good microcosm of of government failures and areas mm-hmm. where major government projects go wrong. And I think that that you know, obviously, not every major government project is like the uh, the Iraq War, but there are things that really map across onto lots of different areas. So, yeah, unclear objectives, unclear governance, unclear accountability. Uh, limited knowledge of your stakeholders, limited stakeholder engagement, and inability to learn lessons quickly and adapt. And I think oh. this is characteristic of um, of anything the government does that doesn't work generally uh, will will exhibit some of all of these in in different ways. And it's a very kind of um, visceral examination of those with a very quick feedback loop. Wow, that's that's so many important kind of messages. I think for all of us and. I've got to say, when you first told me this, I was, my brain, this is how my brain works. So what's on the top of my mind? It went like immediately to something about the Wizard of Oz and like the Emerald City in uh, in Oz, but obviously not. Um, but that's that's fabulous. Thank you so much. And and I guess from that, have, you know, have there been sort of changes that you've made or things that you've kind of done slightly differently from the lessons that you've learned from that book? So... Yeah, I think so. There's there's a a thing which I think is important in uh, whenever you're working on a really big uh, project, but in, in government in particular, which is to step back and I try and ask the big basic questions. You can get your head down so much work on individual issues. You you can uh, not notice kind of core your your, your core purpose going off track. Mm-hmm. I think that can happen in. Um, in government quite a lot and, and sort of circling back and asking the same basic the the, the sort of really basic core questions is a, is a very powerful uh tool and i think is quite is quite important i'd uh, also say that the, the the if you pick up a copy of the book you'll find out it's now a major motion picture starring matt damon uh, <laughs> all right okay the, the 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 film is pretty good uh it's called the green zone yeah. but it focuses more on the shooting bits rather than the sort of governance structures bits Right, um, as you might imagine. So the book is still worth reading. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I can, I can imagine there's a very different probably take home between the book and the <laughs> and the action movie with Matt Damon. So if you're looking for a book that's going to teach you not only some interesting history on the Iraq War, but also some valuable lessons for any company to consider, then The Imperial Life in the Emerald City 
Inside Baghdad's Green Zone by Rajiv Chandraskaran is the book for you. Now, if you're looking for some science fiction in your world, then Carl's recommendation may be the one for you. Let's hear what he said. I have read so many books and I've, I read a large amount of books before I was even in double figures. So um, another superpower coming through there. But I, as I was thinking about this request, I decided that Philip Dick as the author um, and um, just as an example of some of his work, you know, I, we can remember it for you, Wholesale is a collection of some of his short stories. And I never used to like science fiction mm-hmm. because I wasn't interested in aliens and spaceships until my English teacher said, Carl, it's not about other planets. It's about challenging our norms. Mm-hmm. And when you see science fiction changing one parameter, of what is normal for us and what the consequences are. And Philip Dick was just great at this, Mm. challenging again the conceptions. Well, is this a dream or not? Is this something that is real or not? Um, And is the way that I'm looking at things the way that other people would look at things? Or am I, in fact, just trapped in a mental pattern that's hit on repeat? So I think Philip Dick, uh, in the number of movies that have been made from his work, I mean, he wrote lots of short stories and be made into long movies. But I think that, the, that he had a great ability to see things in a different way. And that certainly speaks to me still. Oh, lovely. And has it had any specific impact from those books? Do you still read them now? Have you passed them on to your children? Um, they they are books that I go I dip into all the time because of films and things you refer to them. I think if I was going to, Talk about a book that I quote more often than anything. It's The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Again, because of that quirky, different way of looking at things. But um, Philip Dick, it's, it may go quiet for a while, but then it comes up and it comes up again. And uh, I've got no objection to that. Oh, lovely. I've actually never read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. My mother-in-law has mentioned a few times how she's going to buy me the book. So if she's listening, don't forget Gabriella. I'm still waiting for this book. Um, but yeah. I've only got into science fiction probably over the last maybe six or seven years. My husband's a really big fan, so he's got me into it. But now I can't say read only science fiction, but I'm I'm definitely a convert and can absolutely see the the brilliant wonder of those kinds of books. So thank you so much, Carl, for sharing that with us. I loved listening back to what Carl said about science fiction, that it's challenging our norms. And that sentence almost perfectly captured a number of the conversations that Carl and I had while we were recording his podcast episode and this idea of finding your superpowers. I also had a look up for Philip Dick and his catalogue of books after the show. And I really couldn't believe how many movies have been made out of them. It was unbelievable. So if you're looking for a movie as well as a book recommendation, I would highly recommend looking up Philip Dick if you don't know him and his work already. Last but not least, Ardashir also quoted an author and a number of books they had written in a very different field to science fiction. Let's take a listen. What I've learned, the best source of learning for me or anything, I, I gravitate to people who change field to, to other fields with their observation. For example, how artists uh, go and uh, write about the politics, how uh, 
mm. architects go to hospitals and write about the healthcare, how it's structured, and really bring a different mindset to a different discipline of life. Some of the best writings in psychology comes from investigative journalists, poets, and uh, painters, not from psychologists. Psychologists, they within their swimming. So some of the amazing writings uh, that is happening, you see, especially in New York Times and Wall Street journals, that on a weekly basis, people go out there and say, what is going on with this society? Why there's such high rate of depression, anxiety, suicide, um, over-medication. So Johan Hari is a British writer. And 10 years ago, he wrote his first book, Chasing a Scream. Chasing a Scream. That book is about, the, he went on site to people who were addicts, to drugs, opioid alcohol, that it's an eye-opening and it's a very hard book to read that addiction is not about the drug. It's about the mind tormented, about the you know, life lost. Mm. His second book, and he has a third one, I'll get to that. His second book, which I love, is called Lost Connections. So he traveled the world, multiple continents, to scholars, professors, artists, that, that depression... It's not something happens in our head, as psychologists say. Depression is our disconnection to the world around us, to our relationships, right. to our nature, to our body, to a sense of dignity. When we get disconnect, our body goes to a sense of mourning. The, he the healing is not to go take medication. The healing is go and get connected to the things that your basic emotional needs of people. He had a profound impact on closing some of the areas that I couldn't find within psychology. His third book is just came out is about a stolen focus about what is happening to our mind in the age of social media. Oh, don't get me started on this one. Go on, carry on. <laughs> and then that how. With all good intention, all the social media, they have created an environment that we cannot focus and they, they monetize that. So we are we're mm. stuck in vocal, we cannot find ourselves. So it's called stolen focus. So I love Johan Hari. He's very controversial. Psychologists okay. hate him. <laughs> Basically, it says that don't take medication because he, he was he took all sort of medication, basically became addict to them. So then he said that. Go and live again. Go and live again. Right. And um, I mean, there's a there's a quote. Um, if I can find it quickly, says that is on the page forty four. What if depression is in fact a form of grief for our own lives not being as they should be? What if depression is a form of grief for the connection we lost? yet we still need. That's what is depression. Mm. Depression is for relationship, for connection, the meanings we are designed to have. That's part of humanity. It's part of the experience of tapestry of life. For a number of reasons, they've been disconnected, diminished, violated, and we lost that. Depression is going back 
live again, get those connections, and then depression will be lifted. I feel like you always end with so many insightful things for us to go and think on, regardless of what you believe or or how you kind of perceive these things. That was absolutely fascinating. And I look forward to reading the book. In fact, I look forward to reading all three of those books because all yeah. three of those, <laughs> I have I have connections through varying different kind of friends, family, myself and others. Um, so very excited to, to go and download those books. Adashir spoke about three books by Johan Hari with a special focus on lost connections. Thanks everyone for joining me today for another really diverse book club, lots of different things to choose from. Have a fabulous week and I look forward to speaking to you again on Monday on the podcast when we have another great guest joining me. Remember, authenticity is a journey and small steps like reading a book can make a big difference. Take care.